0: Today is Tuesday, February 2nd, 2016, and this is Radio Wave.
1: Holy Queen, Mother of Jesus, Spouse of the Holy Spirit, Queen of Nations, Queen of all hearts, The Woman of Revelation. The Queen of Peace asks you to spread her call to the ends of the earth. Medjugorje.com A tool for you to spread our lady's way of life and change the world. Medjugorje.com Brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. Spread to all your family and friends. Medjugorje.com From Caritas of Birmingham.
2: Tragic. Terrible. Horrible. What will it be like when the second greatest moment in time passes us by, and we no longer have Our Lady as a child who takes his first steps and is insecure. That last part is Our Lady's own words. We should be looking at her, soaking everything up, she says, to follow her. And it is pain to know what we know and can't convey it, or can't convict, or convince those loved ones, those who are headed toward perdition, and those who even separate by what we write or what we put out. But that's the purpose of Our Lady, to come here, to make a division, to make unity. The chaff from the wheat is harvest time. And Our Lady is gathering as many people as possible, making it as easy as possible to decide for God. Everything she does, every move she makes, everything she takes is to lead us to her son. She accommodates us to the 25th message talking about Jesus Christ. And she accommodates the non-believer on the second of the month talking about her son. That's how sensitive she is that she knows she can't mention Jesus, the Christ. And so she's more prominent to the non-believer on the second of the month to attract them to her, to attract them to Jesus. And so it is she calls us to come home. She asks these things of us, but we're her extended hands, her instruments. She wants that be for you. We're blessed in an undeserving way to be asked specifically during apparition in Italy, claiming us as her instruments, her hands, to get as many hearts as possible to a way of salvation. We literally have a commission from her directly. Not many people can walk the face of the earth and say that. Can you say that? Yes, you can say that because her invitation is to you the same way it was to us. And we've dedicated our life in a foundation message of what she defined for us who join in community, of what she said February 25th, 1988. Sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. We exist for others, not for ourselves. And we remember also, recall, the message LA says, your life does not belong to you, but it's to be spent to help others toward eternal life. This is the kind of time we're in, an exciting time, a time that when St. Francis would said, go rebuild the church, and he thought too small. He went to start building a little small church near his area he lived, needed repairs. But that's not what God meant. And it doesn't mean part-time sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world today to rebuild the whole world and the church. That task is placed upon us. We've given our life to it. We want to convict and give to you the same. When I wrote this commercial that started this program years ago, it was easy to say what I said about a lady, the Holy One, the one been sent. And we launched it with Medjugorje.com. And this place reaches into avenues we can never reach by mail even by a witness. But that's the time we live in. From the smallest corners of the earth in Africa, down in the brush, to Australia, to all the way around the world, this site reaches people, but it must be supported. It's not like any other site. It's not approached like any other site that we copied. We think-tainted before we started it. We delayed our presence on the web to make sure we had the proper philosophy how we'd use this. And many people follow it. And it has to have your support. And if you're sacrificing your life for the salvation of the world, but you can't do it because you can't do that full-time like we can, you can support it. Our lady also said, see who needs your material help. Yes, she said spiritual help. She says, see who needs your spiritual and material help. We give away everything including our life, and we don't ask for a whole lot back. We're a black hole. Whatever comes in disappears in freedom to go back out. We've saturated Medjugorje this past year and more so this year coming with many, many things in creation. They're experiencing reconversion. They come into the Mission House crying. They're telling us stories like they've been waiting for this for years. They're thirsting. They're hungry. And they have the mother of God there. And they don't know what we know. Because their life is not full-time Medjugorje any longer, like it was in the beginning. The wave of commercialism swept them up and dictating what their day is going to be like and what they're going to be and work and how they live their life. And so they need conversion. And it's amazing to me what a lady's built something here, a place... That escapes from Medjugorje, the confines of what she can't do there, she can do here, and we can send it back there to help bring conversion. Our mission is that big, it's that wide, it has that scope. And I believe in all my heart that these last apparitions have two geographic places on the earth, Medjugorje itself, and an outpost here where we are in the community. Because we put out things that measure we won't or can't, or for whatever reasons. And it will live here, and it will be the story, and it will be the eyes of people who stare at that and read it, how a people put into their life during the time of Mary while she appeared, the messages into their daily life completely, not partial, but full time. Many want to get there. Many want to go into community. Many are dying of thirst for this, and it's our Lady who said, "Drink from my hands for those who thirst." My son, is clear as a spring of water to feed you. So we know we have a responsibility, but you also, because we can't fulfill our obligation with our labors our equipment, the tabernacle of our lady's messages, all the presses, everything we have, we can't run that without the ammunition. And that's your funding. So it is, our lady gave a message today, the second of the month. And as always, it's beautiful, powerful, profound, convicting. But at the same time, we're seeing, we are at a crossroads. This crossroads of our lady is something that we see the maturing of the apparitions they will not last forever. Our Lady's indicated that. She said, live our messages. And then when she leaves, her heart and eyes will still be upon Medjugorje. There's still going to be an efficacy of her Lady there, the power. And I believe here too. Because she has visited here almost 200 times. And there is something here for people. Like in Medjugorje itself. So these words today cannot be just read as ink on paper. Our lady says you must pray to comprehend the messages and to live the profoundness of the messages. What you're about to hear is spoken from the Queen of Heaven. She previously has told us or conveyed from God's throne. And you're living history. You're one of the apostles. You're one of the disciples who walked with Christ who now in this time has been chosen, paralleling what they did 2,000 years ago, that now 2,000 years later, we're doing something of a new, a rebeginning, a rejuvenation of the Christianization of the world. And you can take part in that.
3: Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's February 2nd, 2016 message given on the Day for Nonbelievers through Mariana. Dear children, I have called you and am calling you anew to come to know my son, to come to know the truth. I am with you and am praying for you to succeed. My children, You must pray much in order to have all the more love and patience, to know how to endure sacrifice, and to be poor in spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, my son is always with you. His church is born in every heart that comes to know him. Pray that you can come to know my son. Pray that your soul may be one with him. That is the prayer and the love which draws others and makes you my apostles. I am looking at you with love, with a motherly love. I know you. I know your pain and sorrows because I also suffered in silence. My faith gave me love and hope. I repeat, the resurrection of my son and my assumption into heaven is hope and love for you. Therefore, my children, pray to come to know the truth, to have firm faith which will lead your heart and which will transform your pain and sufferings into love and hope. Thank you.
2: We have a fluid society today. It's amazing to me some of the things I'm seeing of the youth that's going into corporate jobs and then what they're doing and how they're producing things, much without logic. There's a gap that they've been now raised with so much electronics that they don't have common sense. And that's so serious of a loss that a lady even said that. We've talked about this before. My son is the light of common sense. Why? Why does she say that? Because we have a great void of common sense. We're so top-heavy on electronics that the stem that grows from is the basics of life and just hard labor and working your way through labor, which everyone should go through in their whole life. They don't need to be all with the silver spoon in their mouth or never should be. That the people who make it learn how to work. And through that work, they know how to do things. My daughter was at a place where she worked and some college kids, 24, 25, came and picked up some materials that they rented. She told them, don't drive off with that because it's all going to come off. And there she is, you know, younger than them, and she's a girl at that. They looked at her like she don't know what she's talking about. They didn't get three or four miles down the road and everything was strolled all over the, the highway. But see, she was raised around these kind of things. There's common sense. And many of the youth are growing in positions, 25, 30 years old now, that has missed the whole part of life that they don't compute things in the right way because they don't have the formation of a work ethic or either labor or either just how things function and work besides do electronics. You can go from never touching electronics and all our technologies and get into that, but you can't go f- going in that all your life and then go into the other things that come up. There's no common sense. But that void is just not about physical things. That causes a void of reasoning and seeing things You never could have told me 20 years ago we'd have a communist running for the Democratic Party and very close to winning an election or either the primaries, like Bernie Sanders. And youth are voting for this man. They have no concept of what this man stands for. And the evil that's represented by that, it's an amazing thing that how we transferred our logic, our thinking, our common sense so quickly to no logic, no common sense, and no reasoning. So our these messages are here to show us the truth. We don't understand the truth. I've come here. I'm with you. I knew to come to know my son, to come to know the truth. Our Lady told us before, that what do you do is truth? She says, I've come to teach you truth so you can discern. People don't know how to discern, even on presidential candidates now. And it's scary and shocking.
3: In looking at this message today, there's a lot of imagery, church imagery, in this message. She speaks about the resurrection. She speaks about her assumption. She talks about the Holy Spirit and the church being born, which brings up Pentecost. Today is the feast of the presentation, so we have the imagery of Our Lady and Joseph going to the temple and presenting Jesus and Simeon and Anna being there. And out of all of those in the temple, only these two people recognized that the Messiah was in their presence. And so that goes into saying or showing that the Holy Spirit brings about the church and being born in every heart that comes to know him, who are ready for him. And even from last Sunday, we have the reading of love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. Love endures all things. And those, that language is here and present in the message. You have Our Lady speaking about her pain and her sorrow and how she suffered. That brings to mind the whole walk of Calvary with her son, seeing him die on the cross before the resurrection. So with all of that imagery, why do you think Our Lady is speaking in these terms, in this terminology today, specifically in this year of mercy, specifically in the time that we're heading into, which is the last phase of Our Lady's messages, the last phase of her apparitions.
2: Well, one thing we see is it's so simple. She tells us, you know, the church is a problem. She said the Catholic Church, not just the church, the Catholic Church has forgotten fasting for the last quarter century. That was back in the nineteen 19- in 97 or so around that time. And so she's given us basic things because we've forgotten what is good and what is humble. We don't even know how to be kind anymore. So our lady's coming here saying things that I see the patience that you need to have. I see everything. I'm looking at you. I know your pain. But she says, to know how to endure sacrifice and be poor in spirit, To the Holy Spirit, my son is always with you. His church is born in every heart that comes to know him. This is an amazing statement. It's simple. The church is in trouble, and she's spreading the church out into every heart. You are the church. It's in your heart. She says, his church is born in every heart that comes to know him. This is beautiful because we are in anguish over our church. If you read "Rebuilding the Church on Our Site," it'll tell you from 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when that was put out, what was going to happen to the church, which is exactly what's happening now. And so, how do you save the church? You safeguard it, just like in arts and whatever, and the gold people had in World War II, they they segregated it, separated it. I was just reading about Jesus' cloak. They've authenticated that. But it came a point where the Turks were going to invade and they knew they'd lose it. So they cut the whole thing up, which is a tragedy. But they knew it was the only way to save it. And they resold it back together later. And so we have the church now to be preserved has to get in our heart. Because the gates of hell is not to prevail against it. And wherever we are and whatever breaks up in communications and integration throughout the world... And those things that happen, and we have a breakdown like Yvonne's reference that physical changes will come upon the earth, that changes the whole world, that there's a repository in the heart of the person of what the church is supposed to be, and it's threaded to us through these messages. And it's very basic. Our Lady's teaching us to be humble, to be kind with each other. She's going back to the very basics. Don't steal. Don't cheat, just like you would a child. Follow the commandments. We see these things that we've forgotten. You don't hear pleas anymore. You don't see people open the door for each other anymore. Just a basic goodness has been vanquished from our behavior and the culture. Yes, there's pockets of it. But when Our Lady says, His church is born in every heart that comes to know Him, she's teaching us the basics what we're supposed to do, and how we draw others as apostles. Bitterness that we have in the culture today keeps you from flying. And we have much of that, jealousies, hatred, the whole repertoire of things that keeps us from having the church in us. It's time we look at our ladies' messages in a new way and apply them to our life.
4: There's a light that glows by the front door Don't forget the keys under the mat When childhood stars shine Always stay humble and kind Go to church cause your mama says to Visit grandpa every chance that you can Won't be wasted time. Always stay humble and kind. Hold the door. Say please. Say thank you. Don't steal. Don't cheat. Don't lie. I know you got mountains to climb, but always stay. Draw a chip and here's why Bitterness keeps you from flying Always stay humble and kind Hold the door, say please, say thank you Eat a root beer popsicle. Shut off the AC and roll the windows down. And let that summer sunshine. Always stay humble and kind. Don't take for granted the love this life gives you. When you get where you're going, don't forget turn back around and help the next one in line. Always stay humble
2: and kind. We're out today in a little bit. We got a lake down the road. We we're out there, and we have tornadoes coming in this evening in Alabama. But the wind was blowing, it's beautiful, and the wind would blow ripples across the lake, and it's heaven. Shut off the A.C. and roll down the windows. Let the summer sun shine in. And so the joy of our life here is not what many people think it would be. It's just being here. It's just being gone for a week or two weeks or being overseas or anywhere, coming back home. is something we look forward to. Not that there's so much excitement or something that causes us to Long for it. It's just being here. When I've been gone and I come back out 5 a.m. prayer and walking out there 20 till five or so or earlier even, I love the moment I step in the field. And this is a result of incorporating the messages into life. And it cost you. It cost me a lot of things. I didn't like it, the suffering, but I knew it couldn't lead to a bad end. I knew it had to come to a good end. And as we planted the tree and got rid of the old bad fruit that we have been planting for years, our whole life, and that tree grew up and produced a little bit of fruit with the bad fruit we'd done, we grew more trees and we have our orchard now, good fruit. And our life is beautiful. Not perfect. It's not the Garden of Eden. But there's nothing else, no other place, there's nothing I would want to do in my life than to do what I'm doing now. And so if you follow God's will for you, if you want God's will for you, it's the most complete consolation you can have because you can't exceed, even in your imagination, what God will want for you as opposed to what you want and get the same consolation. His will fills you completely to the brim.
0: And with those words, the question I've got for you is twofold because it's part of the same sentence, but Our Lady said, my children, you must pray much in order to have all the more love and patience, uh, to know how to endure sacrifice and to be poor in spirit. First part of the question is, is why doesn't Our Lady just simply say, pray much in order to have love and patience? She adds in between there, all those words, to have all the more love and patience. That's the first part. The same sentence, she's saying, know how to endure sacrifice. What do you think about those words when she says, know how to endure sacrifice?
2: Well, the key to that, I think, is poor in spirit. What does it mean when she says, be poor in spirit? This country and many countries around the world, even Greece is bankrupt, has plenty we're really an ungrateful people because we're an unreflecting people. We don't realize how people lived 500 years ago a 1,000 years ago, what they did when they did have something else to depend on. I mean, even Greece got help from Germany. Katrina got help from the rest of the nation on Bay St. Louis and the, and the coastal lands. We have something as a backup nobody ever had. But just in your home tonight or wherever you are right now, or riding in your car later if you're listening to this, You've got conveniences and things that people couldn't even imagine of at the stroke of your finger. I mean, for millennials should be thought about and reflected on that when you go turn on hot water at your house, the kings didn't even have that. It's an amazing thing. So we become blind of what we have and who we are and the many blessings we've had. And so what does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means to be detached what you have because we're rich. Our poor people live as rich people in other countries or in past ages. And so to be poor in spirit is to, when we fast, well I like to fast because I like to pretend I'm poor. This is all I got to eat. And I offer that in my spirit. I've often done that for years I was longing after the Christmas holidays to fast. I wanted to. I like that feeling of of humility. I like to know this is all I have to eat today. I'm surrounded by food as well as anybody else. There's not even the street people go hungry? There's food kitchens. You can go in any grocery store and tell the manager, "Hey, I'm I'm on the streets. I'm uh, have you got any old bread for me or or something something been open? You're gonna get it." And so when our races be poor in spirit. We need to have in in the spirit of having things to be detached from that as if we're poor. Yes, it means other things because she does relate before that, endure sacrifice. Sacrifice of what? She reflects that his church is born in every heart that comes to know him because we sacrifice and we suffer because the church doesn't recognize what we do. And we've got the answer and they don't. If they had the answer... Even in the church, in the top of the church, or through the hierarchy, the Mervys may Mary wouldn't be here. They don't know how to implement it. We do. We are the people called upon as apostles to implement a plan to place the church in the heart of each one of us to renew the church. I am calling you anew to come to know my son and come to know truth. This is truth. We can recognize. What is the plan? The plan is to Make the church in a body of people who's gonna be my apostles, the Virgin Mary says, to bring everybody to come to know the truth. And those apostles will suffer in silence, and their faith, just like it did for me, she says, will give way to love and hope. And so our lady says a lot in this be poor in spirit. What does it mean? We here in Caritas do not have mass. On the grounds. Not because our bishop's against us. Many people put that out. They can't have the mass. That's a lie. A bold-faced lie. Let's clear the record on that. We don't have mass simply because the bishop has said that their are is unapproved and he, and he wants us to have it. There's no amosity between us and a bishop. Even though the Catholic organizations put that out, the bishop's against us. This is a bold-faced lie. We have good friends with our bishop. We have good communications with them. But I say that is because we don't have the sacraments here. And we're a village that lives three hours of prayer a day, a holy way of life, and it'd be beautiful. We have to drive 30 minutes just to go and wait to Mass or to church. And so we're poor in that. We're poor in the sacraments here and having it on our grounds. And in no way, should you accept anybody to tell you that we don't have a, as a penalty against us or something we've done wrong? That has never been cited that way. We've never been cited for disobedience. So we endure in silence this suffering because we would love to have Mass here. But we know the time frame where God has us and where we're going in the future, many people may never have Mass. Take a with communion one time in our whole four years of Christianity. When she became a Christian. I was in Alaska years ago. They hadn't had mass for one month. And we went to a place where the priest was going to show up, fly in. He didn't show up. Who did something? They didn't do a communion service. I got up and spoke about Medjugorje. Church was full of people. Set a rosary with them. I just took charge of it. And so these people were hungering for that. They're poor in spirit. And so this means many things to us. Blessed is those who are poor in spirit, who may be millionaires, but they live detached from that, they don't gloat over it, and they're humble. It's a beautiful thing. And so answering your question is, is a hard question to answer because there's so many answers to it. But I just like to meditate on our lady and just think about getting one step closer to her because she, God knows who I was a thousand years ago. And I know a lady loves that, and I know she'll love me a thousand years from now. And so we're in a time that she says, don't be afraid. Have no fear. The one who prays is not afraid of evil, or rather, not afraid of the future. The one who fasts is not afraid of evil. And here for this. I hear this. I, I can't wait every day. The peak of my day is looking forward to the apparition. It's such a joy to know the mother of God comes down and blesses me and blesses the community and blesses you and blesses everybody around the world. Having that confidence is a beautiful thing. And she's the beauty. And it makes me be brave because I don't feel like anything's being taken away from me, even though I had to give up a lot of things because I know who stands in front of me. And that's the one who we wait for every day. I love to imagine our lady saying these things. All along, I believe I would find you. She planned for a long, long time before she came to Medjugorje to come there. How much patience I must have taken through the centuries, even in heaven, knowing that she would have her time. And she said that this is my time. She said, Also, I'll lead you into a new time where you get to know God more. So the words of this song, all along I believed I would find you. Time has brought your heart to me. How beautiful. I have loved you for a thousand years. I'll love you for a thousand more. We live in a surreal moment that if you've ever wondered what it was like to be during Christ's time, to be alive, we have the second best time, and actually a better time. That was a much more crueler time, even though it's cruel today. And I don't think I would choose that time back then over this time I am now. Of course, I'm ordained, as well as you're ordained, to be alive during this moment. And as we had recently on a show about the Muslim who prophetically saw Medjugorje happening or coming, that he said there would be people that would be born for this. And from a childhood, they would be unaware that they'd been prepared for these apparitions, that everyone, especially women, will be called upon for a small task. Our Lady defines that small task as you cannot comprehend the greatness of your road, January 25th, 1987. You are warned, through that January eighty seven message that you can't comprehend the greatness of your role, the Muslim prophet who foretold this before 1981 when our lady appeared says you will be unaware of it and calls it a small task. But in reality, it's big. Bigger than we can think. Bigger than a thousand years of love the lady comes to love us in heaven because we have to act now on many things that while we don't know how to do it or understand it, she calls us to. Why does our lady say all the more love and patience instead of just simply saying, have love and patience? I ran across a message a couple months ago that we picked one morning that said, let your weapon be patience. You can't have enough patience. Our lady's plan is long-term. We're practicing the place. We're not even in the game yet. Because once things are implemented and the game is on, we're going to be on fire for the three things we've spoken about before. There'll be a great moment of conversion. There'll be a great separation. Secondly, thirdly, your greatest desire will be the conversion of a pagan. It's going to be in our hands because we've been in her hands being trained for this moment how beautiful, and how daunting at the same time.
3: Throughout all of these years of Our Lady's messages, she has introduced new thoughts, new ideas at at different times. In the early days when she was asking the villagers to pray the 777, they didn't know at that time that she was leading them into four hours of prayer a day. It came through an evolution of her asking increasing amount of prayers there was a time when she was asking pray for or saying pray for peace pray for peace in this time and we didn't know where she was leading us to that but eventually war broke out in croatia and bosnia and those messages were leading us into this war or she was actually trying to have us escape that war but we didn't pay attention enough and didn't pray enough. Today, she's talking about apostleship, but she wasn't talking about apostleship 15 years ago. That was just something she started to introduce those years ago, and now it's commonplace for her to say that. Well, there's something that's increasingly popping up in her messages in which she is saying, I live this life. She's saying, I am with you. I live this life. I also suffered. I know your pain and sorrows. What is it that she's preparing us for? She's increasingly saying these things. What is this leading to? Some kind of evolution, some kind of understanding of Our Lady that we've never had before.
2: Well, ultimately, it's to go home, to be with her. And she's here with her words. Which Maria said when I asked her once, "What does her word sound like?" She said, "The musical." So you could say she sings a message to Maria, and when we repeat them, it sounds like crickets. Nothing even compared to Ellie's voice, and so we're hard to please. We're always wanting our way, but we had to realize where we are with the apparitions and what you were saying. Now we've evolved now to the point of apostleship, that where Jesus was at the end of his ministry, when he started speaking about the apostleship, when he asked Peter, even after the resurrection, Peter, do you love me? She's saying that. You've followed me all these years. Do you love me? How much do you love me? I've loved you for a thousand years before you even existed. I'll do a thousand more all the way into eternity. And so the number one goal is this. First of all, is based in the scripture. What good is it to save the whole world when you don't save your own soul? First, it's our own soul we got to save. We go through conversion. We go through cognition. We go through falling. And then we have to get back on track. Where's the heart? Don't think conversion that you're going to just increase in holiness. The point man, God speaks of Jesus, says he lets a good man fall. Everybody will fall, everybody will go backwards, everybody has to stand back up. It's like the other song we play often in a community. When the man goes across the monastery and he talks to the monk and he asks, How do y'all stay good in there? He says, Well we fall and get back up. We fall, we get back up. We fall, we get back up. Those whole song's about that. And so today he's doing that because every time we get back up, just like Jesus fell three times, and he carried on with his cross We have to do the same thing. We have to live the holy life. We're sinners. And the more we understand that, the greater saints we become, and the more humble we become, because we have no strength but what that which God gives us through our lady and through our messages. So we have this message singing us home. We have our lady telling us. In every way we see the maturing of the messages that they're at crossroads. Every crossroad is in the shape of the cross. The apparitions of our lady are telling us which way to go. And that cross points up toward home.
4: By the wayside I fell on my knees Crying, why was I so hard to please I stood at the crossroads, took a long look at me Sometimes you don't know where you're from till you leave I've been out there searching For a place where I belong And on my way I heard my song Let it sing me home The sun on my shoulders And the wind at my back To get back on track To where the heart is Where it's been all alone
2: It will be only you and Jesus at the moment of your death. Yes, we want our lady to be there, but you won't be able to blame your sins or your faults or anything else on anybody else. And likewise, your holiness and your virtues and how you endured in silence the sacrifices. Our ladies, doing everything in preparation for your wedding, which is your death, and we have to have a mentality we're here on this earth for one reason, and one reason alone. And it's a test, a very short, brief speck of eternity, to see where we'll spend that eternity. So it's up to you to return when you fall, to confess, and to be sung home by her messages. That's her purpose
0: the music of the message that we receive as members of the cult of Mary are the things that are constantly singing us back to truth. And if you could have lived at the time of Paul, whether you were in Corinth or Ephesus or Thessalonica, and you were to receive a letter from Paul and what that would say to you in your daily walk, and your conversion as a Christian, if you could have had the vision of knowing what people thousands of years later or a thousand years later, even a few hundred years later, would have seen in that letter of Paul to you, how much differently you might have lived. And when a friend of Medjugorje puts to writing the teaching of the message, it is the vision of the epistles of Paul to those people who lived in Ephesus, in Thessalonica, in Corinth. And so the writing for the second of the month is going to be released this Thursday uh, so that you have time to pray beforehand, time to pray before you read this. This is not just a, the site writings are simple in their scope and when they're understanding. But it's not something that you just, it's just like somebody else's opinion on the message. This is a real teaching taken from having lived the message, incorporated into life, and knowing the very heart of Our Lady. So look for that this coming Thursday. That'll be posted uh, mid- at midnight between Wednesday and Thursday midnight.
3: Just as we talked a little bit about this in this program, that Jesus at the Time that he was approaching his crucifixion and and his last meetings with his apostles, he was trying to cram in everything that he had left to say to them to prepare them for apostleship. And so we see also the spirit in Our Lady's messages. Increasingly, she seems to be putting as much as she can into her messages to help prepare us for that time when we are not walking with her any longer. As well as far as this intimacy of her apparitions. And that's reflected in a friend of Medjugorje's epistles that we know we have entered into a time in which we have only a short time of really giving everything to Our Lady to be ready for whatever we're being called and shaped and molded into being. And so his writings and epistles reflect that. It's a strong writing. And he has said that he had a couple of dreams this past week that prepared him to speak strongly in this writing moved him in a in a way and uh so we ask you to look forward to that be in prayer for it and be ready to respond to it
2: a lady has talked to us often about pain and difficulties and this message today was no different i know you And she says, preceding that with my motherly love, I know you, I know your pain and sorrows. And we're suffered through our lifetime through many scars, self-inflicted, some that are not self-inflicted. I know my grandson, little Tony, fell off the bed jumping a couple months ago and busted his chin wide open underneath his chin. And those stitches that he had went to the doctor for was probably about an inch across. And they put those stitches in and then within four days he busted it back open again and so they had to restitch him, go back in and this little scar that was on there was healing and then he busted it again they had to go back in a third time and this is like making everybody here sick because here it is he's getting this scar And he's busting open the same cut. So they stitched it back up. He goes another week or so, breaks it open again. After the stitches were taken off that third time and had to get it redone again. By then he became paranoid. He didn't want to go there. And when he got back that third time, a couple weeks later, a fourth time he fell and busted it open again. We couldn't believe it. He's either on his fourth or fifth time of this happening, and they just start supergluing it, trying to butterfly it. But he was so rough the way he played, he'd bust his chin over and over and over. And so he goes a month past that. We're out of town, and we hear a fifth or sixth time he did it again. He's got so Used to have this chin busting open and this slit in underneath his chin, his little scar that anybody comes up, he takes his finger and points to it. There's so much attention he's got to it. And it's really cute what he does, but this hurts. This made him cry. And this is something he's going to remember. But our lady says, I know your pain. I know your suffering. I know your difficulties. And we got these scars. And she's telling us, you have to go through these things for your cognition. You have to endure these things. And he got to where it didn't even bother him when he busted it open. He may cry a little bit, but having to hold him down and redo this was painful to watch, just like it was painful for a lady to watch. She do not want you to have to go through these things, but these scars leave a mark on you, just like on his little chin. But those things are soon forgotten, and your hurt will go away. And to go through conversion means you're going to have scars. You're going to have a main scar. But you grow from that. And one day it won't hurt any longer.
5: I've got this
2: little scar
5: that left its mark down underneath my chin. From when I fell off my bike back, back went. I was just a kid And oh, the pain and how I cried And I still remember how it bled I know I won't forget that time And what my daddy said Don't cry, it'll get better In time, you'll soon forget You'll be fine right now hurts some But the healing hasn't happened yet The pain won't always be and day after the fall these scrapes and scratches will remind you of the hurt you left behind and you'll see that scars are beautiful Each scar is living proof Yeah, they tell the truth About places that you've been, they're all road maps to life's lessons made by sacrifice and sin and you can let them bring you down or you can hold your head up high don't let the chance fall keep you from the chance you take to try don't cry it'll get better in time you'll soon forget you'll be found right now it hurts but the healing And yes, the pain won't always be there And someday after the fall These scrapes and scratches will remind you Of the hurt you left behind And you'll see that scars are beautiful
2: Mary, because you love me, I have found new joys that were not mine before. New stars have lightened up my sky, with glories growing more and more. Because you love me, I can rise to the heights of fame and realms of power. Because you love me, I may learn the highest use of every hour. Because you love me, I can choose to look through your dear eyes and see beyond the beauty of the now far onward to eternity. Because you love me, I can wait with perfect patience, well-possessed. Because you love me, all my life is circled with unquestioned rest. Yes, even life and even death is all unquestioned and all blessed. Thank you for the scars. Thank you, Mary, for the cognition. Thank you with all our lives and all our heart. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night.
0: This ends the Radio Wave show with a friend of Metrigoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.